0: Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us consider the implications of living in God's mercy. This is the 33rd chapter of Julian of Norwich's long text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax, let your attention Settle, and I invite you to open your heart to these words. And yet, in all this, I desired, as far as I dared, to have a complete vision of hell and purgatory. But it was not my intention to put to the test anything which belongs to our faith, for I firmly believed that hell and purgatory have the purpose taught by Holy Church but my idea was that I might have seen them so that I could learn everything belonging to my faith that could help me to live to the greater glory of God and to my greater spiritual profit. But as for this desire, I could learn nothing about it except what I have previously said in the fifth showing where I saw that the devil is scorned by God and endlessly damned. And seeing this, I understood that all beings who live their lives in a state of sin, like the devil, and who die in this state, are never again mentioned before God and all his holy ones, any more than the devil is mentioned, even though they are human beings, whether or not they have been christened. For though my revelation was of goodness, and there was little mention of evil, yet I was not drawn by it from a single detail of the faith which Holy Church teaches us to believe. I saw the passion of Christ in several different showings, in the first, in the second, in the fifth, and in the eighth, as I have said before. And although I felt some of the sorrow of Our Lady and of the true friends who saw Him suffer, Yet I did not see the Jews who did him to death specified individually, although I knew by my faith that they were cursed and damned forever, except for those who are converted through grace. And I was taught and instructed to observe every detail of the faith, with no exceptions, in every respect as I had previously understood it, hoping that I was observing the faith with God's mercy and grace and begging and praying inwardly that I might continue in it until the end of my life. And it is God's will that we should pay attention to all the deeds he has done, for he wants us to know from them all that he will do. But we must always stop ourselves from considering what the great deed will be, and we must pray to be like our brothers and sisters who are saints in heaven and who only want what God wants. Then all our joy will be in God, and we shall be content both with what is hidden and with what is shown. For I saw our Lord's purpose quite clearly. The more anxious we are to discover his secret knowledge about this or anything else, The further we shall be from knowing it. Julian wonders here at her inability and ours too to fully understand the relationship between sin and evil on the one hand, and God's mercy on the other. Does God's mercy have limits? If not, what can it mean? What are the implications if God's mercy has no limits? if it is limitless, how would that feel? How might that free you? How might it feel imprisoning? And perhaps the most important question of all for each of us is, what are you afraid of asking God's mercy for? Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.